Wisely podcast, and it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's uh, posted to the Facebook page for Celebrate Recovery at Word of Hope. So tonight is a continuation of our teaching from two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I talked about the cycle of addiction and the cycle of recovery. Okay, and uh, tonight I wanted to talk to you about ritual and rituals are those behaviors that you use to prepare to act out. What do I mean by acting out? If you've been in recovery long enough, you know what I mean by acting out. It's doing the normal addiction that, you, that, you, uh, that brought you to being in recovery in the first place. So sex addiction, substance abuse, uh, uh, disorders of some kind, um, gambling, uh, shopping, workaholism, whatever, whatever is your addiction, um, that is your acting out, okay? And rituals are those behaviors that happen in preparation to act out. Do you know that you had rituals? You have rituals, okay? And so today's acrostic spells ritual because you know that uh, at CR, our only style of teaching is through acrostics, in case you didn't know. So, so our ritual is our acrostic. And the first R is for recognize the cycle. Recognize the cycle. And so last time uh, we had this nice little graphic of the cycle, um, we saw that our wounds... Um, Lord... Help me, help us. Our wounds of our childhood or of our, our young adulthood or sometime in our life. You just keep talking. <laughs> Somebody's coming up here picking my pocket. <laughs> Never mind me, <laughs> nothing happened, nothing to see here. <laughs> All right, our wounds. Well, the batteries start to go dead, the, the sound gets all funky. Okay. Um, it's like Satan uses that as an opportunity to come in and tell you a lie. Okay? Like you're unworthy. You don't belong. You're not lovable. You, you can't do anything. You're a loser. Okay? And so those wounds uh, affect our core beliefs about ourselves, especially in God. And, and we don't believe that God loves us or could do anything. Or, and, uh, and that results in core shame. Remember that? And core shame is this, this idea that I'm different and less than other people. That's my core shame. I feel like I'm different and I'm less than. And, uh, and so in that, we, uh, we start to hit a, uh, a yearning and that starts our cycle. And this yearning is kind of like I had one client tell me it's, it's kind of like this uncomfortable boredom for him. It was this uncomfortable boredom, and it's like I get kind of antsy or edgy, and I just I need to do something with that. And, uh, and, it, and I start thinking, about, uh, I th start thinking about using or doing or acting out somehow. And, um, and so then that leads to um, ritualizing which is what we're about tonight. And then it's kind of this acting out or relapse or lapse. Okay, and then I kind of go through this period of relapse or, 
or lapse or I act out, or maybe it's just once and I act out, but then I feel emotionally despondent. Um, I feel down, I feel guilty, I feel, ah, I did it again, oh man, I'm never going to get over this and everything. And that kind of that starts to feed into my core shame. And then, but eventually, I kind of go into the cycle again. And, uh, and, and around and around we go, okay? And so recognizing the cycle, Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, what has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. We just keep going around and around and around in this cycle. And, and last week we said, you know, the way to heal this is to heal our wounds through Jesus and our core beliefs and re, uh, replace core shame with grace. Uh, I have core grace now. And so, uh, and so then we, we, had, we, had a different, uh, we had a different cycle. Fellowship is like a key. I remember... And, uh, and we break free from these things. So let's talk about rituals for a minute. The uh, first step of... Well, first of all, is, is, reckon, is recognizing the cycle. And you see the cycle. And realize that, you know what? I have this cycle of addiction that's going on. And... And it goes from this yearning into ritual, into lapse, into, into grief or, or despair. And, and seeing that cycle will help you. Uh, secondly, you want to investigate your rituals. Is that right? That's the next slide. Yeah. Next slide? Yeah, thank you. Investigate your rituals. Investigate your rituals. Okay, so this is figure out what your rituals are. Lamentations 3.40 says, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. So rituals are those steps from yearning to, uh, to acting out. It's those steps that we take from yearning to act, acting out. Uh, depending on the addiction, these may build for minutes, for hours, for weeks, or for months. Okay, if you have a, a ritual of, let me use porn addiction, it's pretty accessible, well, literally and figuratively here, it's pretty easy one to talk about, okay? If you have a ritual of porn addiction, your addiction, your ritual, if you have a, an addiction of porn addiction, your acting out or your ritual may involve pulling out your phone and getting on Instagram and just scrolling. It may be um, getting on a computer, it might be uh, getting into where the computer desktop is and turning the screen to the wall so that other people couldn't see it. See what I'm talking about? That's a ritual, okay? If you have a ritual of, of substance abuse, it, it, it may be uh, looking for the phone number of your dealer, okay? It might be cruising by the liquor store. I've gotten in my car and somehow the car just started to go over there. How did, how did that happen? It's part of my ritual, okay? There could be all kinds of, of things that are rituals. The best way to identify your ritual is to trace backward from your acting out behavior. And what happened before that? So first, 
select what is the acting out behavior that, that you tend to do. Okay, what is your lapse? What is your relapse? What is your addiction? What is your, wh when, you, uh, when you fall into it again, what is that behavior? Okay, so select the behavior that you've done the most. Remember the last time, in fact, you can do that right now. Remember the last time that you did that behavior. What was the last time you did that? What happened before you acted out? Back up in time to the point that you first started thinking about acting out in that way, okay? In the, in the yearning phase. I should have just left that up here. Okay. This is act out, okay. Uh, think think from, from this point, what happened just before that? What kind of behaviors did I do? What was going through my thoughts? What were my emotions? Okay, but what were the behaviors? And try to identify with each type of acting out, what is the ritual associated with it? Uh, back, in, back up in time to the point you first started thinking about acting out in that way. From that thought, what did you do next? And then what did you do? And those actions are part of your rituals. There, there's many, there are as many rituals as there are individuals and forms of acting out. Okay, rituals are part of the cycle of all addicts. No matter how they act out or with whom they act out. Whether your behavior involves solitary activity or includes other persons, uh, you engage in an identifiable ritual. And it's helpful to figure out what that is, to investigate it. Some may be unique to you. Some ritual steps might be unique to you. Others are nearly universal, okay? Some rituals may be very subtle, very subtle. I uh, had one guy say, um, his was pretty subtle, and it was just kind of like scrolling through Instagram or um, some other social media to check messages from his friends, right? Well, the app tells you if you have any messages from your friends, it's like a little star, but you know, just in case, <laughs> see what's up. And he was always looking for, what he, what he came to know was what I was really looking for is to see if anybody put anything racy on there. And then that would lead to the next thing and to the next thing. He knew that was part of his ritual, very subtle, very subtle. Um, so repeat this process of retracing your actions for any of your, of, of your acting out behaviors. Uh, start with the most common ones first and then progress to the ones that you may have done only one time. So you have a, a little form there, acting out behavior. What is the acting out behavior? What's the ritual associated with it? Try to identify what is your ritual. Uh, letter T stands for trace your thoughts. Trace your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, uh, the second half of the verse says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Because a ritual begins with faulty thinking, and that's really kind of up here with the yearning. Faulty thinking. And, and 
recovery and uh, AA, what do they call that faulty thinking? Stinking, Stinking thinking. That's right. You guys know. And so this downward slide starts with the lies that we tell ourselves. Uh, they come in very different variations at different times. What have you told yourself about why it's okay to act out? What are you telling yourself up here? And it might be part of your ritual. Why is it okay to act out? What have you been telling yourself? Um, as a Christian, you've had to get around the fact that you're disobeying God's plan for purity and for recovery. And typically we succumb to two main categories of stinking thinking, justification and entitlement. So justification, yeah, can you see? Justification uh, is like we might think that if I do enough good things for God, then I'm kind of allowed to do some bad things. So I justify it. It's like I have a balance in my head and, and a formula that I've worked out and I reason, well, God won't mind if I do a little bit of this uh, because I did so many other good things. And so I've kind of earned this, which is like entitlement. We also tell ourselves that it's okay to act out as long as no one gets hurt. As long as I don't get behind the wheel, I can act out and drink all night. And so we, we justify it, or we in, uh, think in terms of entitlement. Uh, we think that if we just keep our sin a secret, no harm, will be, no harm is done, as long as she doesn't find out, as long as he doesn't know. Entitlement, uh, this is a way we justify our acting out, by thinking that we deserve it. Uh, many of us have said to ourselves, nobody loves me. You know, we're, we're wallowing up here, uh, in the home plate of the cycle. And we're thinking, nobody loves me. No one's going to take care of me. I have to do it myself. And we believe that nobody else understands us and the pain that we feel. And down deep, we're angry about not getting our needs met. And we feel entitled. It's like, well, I need to take care of myself. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to act out. Including acting out or, or unholy behavior. Entitlement also tells us that we do so much, we work so hard, we're so stressed that we, have, that we deserve a reward. I deserve this. I deserve to binge. I deserve to, to uh, do what I want to do here because life is so difficult. We might even think it's only fair to do these things. And then we undercut our own recovery. That's all part of the thinking part that goes into the ritual that kind of drives us into it and carries us through it into acting out. That's the thinking part. There's also an emotional part. And that's the next letter is understand your anger. Understand your anger. Because in addition to our faulty thinking, painful emotions also fuel are acting out. Uh, they can spiral us into our rituals. Remember, acting out is usually an expression of our anger, which is an expression of some more vulnerable, painful emotions underneath. This is what I tell people in the office. I say, you know, um, anger is what's called a secondary emotion. Have you heard this? Secondary emotion, it's anger. 
And other secondary emotions are kind of related to anger, um, irritation, frustration, um, vengeance, um, rage. Okay, those are secondary emotions. Primary emotions are more, these are power emotions. Okay, these are more vulnerable emotions. Um, these are weaker emotions. These are, we these are emotions that actually make us feel weak, like fear, uh, hurt, uh, loneliness, uh, give me some worry. Worry. Thank you. Mistrust. All right. I feel mistrusted. Okay. These are vulnerable, weaker emotions. And those are the ones that really drive the ship. Okay. But these are so uncomfortable. I don't like to be afraid. I don't like to feel hurt. I don't feel like, I don't like feeling like I'm not respected, right? Or not trusted, or that I can't trust you. I, this makes me feel vulnerable. So what do I do with that vulnerability? I flip it and I become angry. And so it's called primary because that's what happens first. Secondary because that's what happens next. And some of us get so used to flipping Flipping, we always flip, 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 flip. Any kind of weakness, any kind of vulnerability that I feel, I automatically flip and I never really acknowledge any of this in the basement. I never see it. I never understand it. I never acknowledge it. I only see this anger. I'm just angry. And, um, and then this anger starts to help us with our justification and our entitlement and our and our ritualizing and our and our acting out okay um, if we could stay in the basement and acknowledge these things we could heal a lot of our anger all right uh, and so yeah we get so used to flipping over to anger we don't even know that any of this is actually happening first because it's so instant like that you say something that reminds me of my dad, bam, right? Uh, you walk in with a perfume that my mom used to wear, bam. By the way, this isn't true for either of my parents. <laughs> but you know, might be true for somebody, you know? And, and uh, uh, you talk to me the way the kids on the playground talk to me, bam, I'm instantly angry. Really, I felt excluded. I felt lonely. I felt disrespected. Okay, so because some of our painful experiences, both from our childhood and from more current interactions, uh, we addicts are often very angry people. And we're angry with our spouse, or we're angry with our former spouse, or we are angry with those who have tried to confront us about our sins. And in a nutshell, we're just plain angry. And we use that emotion to sidestep our commitment to recovery and to purity. Uh, James 1, 19 and 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteous life that God requires, the righteousness. So here's what you do with anger. Make a list of those people in your life that you feel anger toward. And next to each name, write down what you are angry about. Okay, what is the vulnerable emotion that's underneath it? 
Remember that you may also be angry with God. King David, the man after God's own heart, he was furious with God at times, and he wrote many of the Psalms in the book of Psalms out of that anger. You're also probably angry with one other important person. Can you guess who that is besides other people and God? Yeah, her. No, uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm angry with myself. And what is the vulnerable emotion underneath it? Maybe I'm disappointed with myself. All right, letter A is, here's where we get into the action. Abandon the rituals before they begin. James 4, 7, submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's a promise to stand on. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Uh, abandon the ritual before the, it begins. This is why I want you to investigate your ritual and the emotions and the thoughts that go with it. Because as soon as you recognize what's going on here and you're starting to go over here, this is where you get off. Okay? If you wait until you're halfway through here, you're going here. That makes sense? It's like if, if you get into your ritual, you're going to act out. You've got to avoid, you've got to abandon the ritual before... Uh, before you get into it, before you start to ritualize. So that's why you recognize it at the beginning. You recognize that the anger is, is flaring up or you recognize that the emotional uh, engine is, is running here or the thinking, I'm starting to justify, I'm starting to uh, feel entitled or think entitlement thoughts. Uh, I'm starting to start my car. I'm starting to drive downtown. You know, it's like, what am I doing here? You know what you do when, when you start to ritualize or you start to want to ritualize? What do you got to do? How do you abandon it? You can pray. So you got to call two people. You got to call God and, and your sponsor. Call your sponsor. Get a sponsor and call. Uh, saying, well, and discuss your rituals with your sponsor, by the way. It's like, okay, here are my rituals. I got to tell on myself right away. I'm going to tell. Here's my rituals. Here's what I do. Uh, and I've, I've broken it down. And I know some of these are subtle. Some of these are obvious. And um, this is what I do. Then when you call, say, well, I'm starting to ritualize. I'm starting to do this. I'm starting to think, uh, I'm starting to have that, um, what do you call it? That awkward boredom. I'm starting to have that. Uh, it's uncomfortable. I'm starting to feel that. It's like, so then your sponsor, uh, hopefully you have somebody who will pray, that can pray with you, but they can at least talk to you. Um, so that's abandoning rituals. And then finally, in the, our final step is launch boundaries. You need boundaries. You need to launch them. You need to start them. You need to figure out what they are. You need to talk them over with your group or with your sponsor and say, here are my boundary limits. These are things I'm just not going to do. These are things that, that are hands off for me. These are things that, that are triggers for me. And so I need to avoid the triggers. See, the triggers are all involved in the yearning area. Uh, I cannot write tonight. 
here are my triggers, and so I need to uh, reduce the triggers as much as possible. That means I need to have boundaries. I cannot hang out with these certain people. That's got to be a boundary for me. I cannot, um, I cannot sit and watch TV by myself. That's, that's got to be a boundary. Uh, I, cannot, um, I cannot go to the store and shop by myself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is you need. I can't take certain routes to work in my car. Uh, what else could be a boundary? Help me out here. I need to do other things different. I need to have, I need to have a, a budget. A, a budget. <laughs> I need to have a net nanny on my phone and my computer and everything. Uh, accountability software. I need to... Um, change my routine. I need to change my routine. Boundaries yeah. Change, yep. Yeah. Boundaries with people. I need to. Sorry? Not have social media. Maybe I just don't need to not have social media. I need to get new friends. Um, I need to eat all my meals with my accountability partner. <laughs> don't laugh at that. Thank you. Thank you for stop laughing when I said don't laugh at that. <laughs> because, because, hey, food's a thing, you know? And that's a, uh, maybe that's what I need to do. Uh, I need to have a boundary. Okay, so launch some boundaries, establish them. Titus 2 says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. That's one thing that this grace life does, where we replace shame with grace. Grace teaches us to say no. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. God's grace at work in my life empowers me to say no to the thing that is pulling me into my cycle, into my uh, addiction cycle and into my rituals, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So I gave you some possible focus questions. You can, you can uh, pick one and talk about it in your group if you want to um, for small group time. But what have been your rituals that lead up to some acting out behavior? What's a ritual for you? Maybe try to identify some of them. Uh, or what thoughts of justification or entitlement have you relied on to excuse acting out? What kind, of, what kind of excuses have you given why it's okay for you to act out in this way or that way? I just need to um, because. What are the reasons? If anger has driven you to acting out, who have you been angry at and why? And what's the, and I would add to that, what's the, what's the basement emotion? What's the primary? And then what boundaries do you need to put into place to avoid your rituals? So pick one of those to uh, talk about in, in your small group time, or you always have the option of just talking about how your recovery is going or how your week has gone as well. That is always a welcome feedback, or you can pass. All right. May God add his blessing to the
teaching of rituals. Um, let me pray for you. And I hope, I hope these last couple of sessions or teachings have been helpful to you. Father, um, help us, Lord, to be wise in our recovery, to recognize the cycle that we get spun into, and to change that cycle to a grace cycle, to a cycle of recovery and of victory. And to help us, Father, to abandon the rituals before we start them, to see them, to, to, to see them coming uh, from a distance, to see ourselves as we kind of almost automatically flow into that ritual. Help us, Father, to catch it, to catch the thoughts, to catch the emotions that go with them, and to put up and uh, abide by those boundaries and to call, to call you, to call our sponsor. And I pray, Father, that you would set us on a course of, of goodness and, and recovery and righteousness and purity because that's where the true joy is. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's the kingdom of God. And we thank you, Father, for it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. At this time... We are going into, we are going to chip night. Yeah. So Judy and Gary, come on up. Yeah. <gasps> Could you give me Thanks. My name is Gary. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. 